Welcome to Frankly Judaic, a podcast that explores cutting-edge Judaic studies research conducted at the University of Michigan. In the book of Genesis, the story of brothers Jacob and Esau, or Yaakov and Esav, if you prefer the Hebrew version, is one of the most memorable and poignant. You probably remember the basic outlines. Jacob, posing as his brother, tricks their blind father, Isaac, into giving him, Jacob, a blessing that by right belongs to Esau. Esau is enraged and threatens to kill Jacob, who flees for his life. The most poignant part, really, is that several years later, when the now-married Jacob finally returns from his self-imposed exile, he encounters Esau along the way. But instead of murdering Jacob, Esau embraces him, and they go their separate ways in peace. And yet, in other ancient Jewish writings, Esau is vilified as the progenitor of Edom, a wicked nation often blamed for Jewish defeats at the hands of the Babylonians and later the Romans. How and why did this happen? Well, according to Juan Manuel Tebes, an historian at the Catholic University of Argentina and the University of Buenos Aires and a Frankel Center fellow, the vilification of the Edomites, also known as the Idumeans, is part of a tradition common to many ancient peoples that involved demonizing minorities and neighboring clans as the causes of, or at least participants in, national calamity. What we know is that wars, and especially uh, major uh, military uh, catastrophes, provided a a fertile ground for the development of xenophobia, uh, stabbing the back myths, uh, lost cause legends, and periods of cultural regenerations. To understand precisely how Edom became a bogeyman in ancient Jewish writing and in rabbinical discourse, it helps to know something about the complex relationship between the Judeans and the historical Edomites, a people whose kingdom occupied the region that is now modern-day Jordan, and whose interactions with the Judeans probably gave rise to the biblical stories of Jacob and Esau. What is most uh, important to see is that uh, since the late Iron Age, more or less since the uh, late 8th century, we can see uh, the appearance of Edomite material culture in areas uh, located to the west, especially in the northern Negev area, which was an area which was uh, at the same time uh, colonized uh, by the uh, Judean kingdom. It is very likely that the Edomites were like uh, cohabiting peacefully uh, with the uh, Judeans uh, at this time. So uh, it is probable that uh, within this cultural uh, milieu that uh, developed uh, the oral tales and the oral uh, folklore that uh, later uh, found their way into, uh, into the Hebrew Bible. In these uh, oral tales, uh, the Judeans established fictive uh, kinship uh, relationships uh, with the Edomites, the most important of which is, of course, uh, the fraternal uh, relationship between the twin brothers Jacob, who is uh, the ancestors of the uh, Israelites, and Isa, who is the ancestors of the uh, Edomites. The nature and tone of stories about the Edomites began to turn after 586 BCE, when the Babylonian Empire conquered Judea, destroyed the temple of the Hebrew god Yahweh, and exiled most of the population to Babylon. Jews tried to understand the calamity in various ways, first as God's punishment for the sins of Judean kings, but later, when the Persians conquered the Babylonians and allowed Jews to return to their homeland, Judeans began to blame the Edomites. When the Persians uh, allowed uh, the Judeans to come back to Palestine and restart uh, the cult of Yahweh uh, in Jerusalem, 
they saw that uh, they were not uh, the only people living uh, in the land. So uh, they were living among other foreigners people, especially uh, the Edomites, who according to, uh, to the epigraphic evidence were like migrating from the northern Negev to areas as north as Hebron. So the growing presence of Edomites uh, in Cisjordan uh, probably provided a, f a fertile ground to the development of the idea that uh, their presence there was the result of their mischievous uh, behavior uh, during the most stressful uh, days uh, of uh, Judah. So uh, we can see in some uh, passages of the Hebrew Bible, for example, in some like prophets such as Joel, uh, Obadiah, and Ezekiel, and in some like uh, uh, poetic texts such as in Psalm 137, in which they openly uh, accuse uh, the Edomites of laughing uh, upon uh, the Judeans' misfortunes, of having loot uh, their possessions, of, of having killed the fugitives. So what my research shows is that uh, this is mostly like historical fiction. According to Zhebez, such depictions of Edomites are most likely a product of good old-fashioned xenophobia and Jewish disputes about people with Edomite heritage working in the Temple of Yahweh. Some hints may, uh, may uh, indicate, uh, especially that coming from the Book of Chronicles, in which some uh, characters with Edomite or kind of like uh, Edomitizing names were working in the Temple of Jerusalem since uh, King David's time. So uh, we may see uh, the development of conflicts over the holding of these positions at, uh, in the Temple of Yahweh as a kind of like background in which the books of Ezra and Nehemiah were writing. Around 1112 BCE, Judean rulers known as the Hasmoneans, established by the brother of the famous Judah the Maccabee, conquered the Edomites and, according to Jewish historian Flavius Josephus, forced them to convert to Judaism. But the archaeological evidence, Tebbe says, tells a slightly different story we can see a mixture of Edomian cultural traits, such as, for example, cost names, uh, terracotta figures with uh, camel and horse, uh, and, uh, horse riders, together with like uh, Jewish, or I would say like a proto-Jewish uh, cultural f uh, uh, features, such as uh, circumcision, water installations, very similar to the Jewish mikvahot, so uh, here we can see uh, the mixture of, uh, of uh, both uh, uh, Idumean and proto-Jewish or like entirely uh, Jewish uh, cultural traits. The Hasmonean reaction to this sort of cultural mixing between Jews and Edomites was mostly negative, an attitude reflected in Jewish writings. For example, we have uh, the Book of Jubilees in which we have a sort of war between uh, Jacob, Isa, uh, and their children. What is most uh, interesting is, for example, that uh, an apocryphal uh, book as the first book of Ezra's uh, openly uh, accused uh, the Edomites of actually uh, having burnt uh, the temple uh, of Jerusalem in 586, which is uh, a historical fact that, uh, that uh, we actually know it was done by the uh, Babylonians uh, themselves. 
In the late Hasmonean period in Palestine, when the Roman Empire ruled the land, the Romans appointed Herod as king of Palestine. Herod came from Edomite or Idumean stock, further fueling negative portrayals of Idumeans in Jewish writing. The most important example is again the works of Flavius Josephus, in which we can see how he turned like heavy stereotypes about the Idumeans. For example, during his account of the clashes between the Idumeans and the uh, rebels during the Jewish uh, uh, first uh, revolt uh, against the Romans, he, I mean, he's always expressed harsh stereotypes uh, against uh, the Idumeans there. For example, he says that uh, they are like a ruthless mob who are always throwing, killing like everyone, and so, and so, and so. Around 135 CE, in the wake of the Bar Kokhba revolt against Roman rule, rabbinical writing began equating Rome with Edom and blaming Edom for Roman despotism. And actually, one of the rabbinic uh, commentaries about this uh, revolt uh, openly says that uh, it was actually uh, Edom, I mean, uh, the entity, uh, actually uh, destroyed uh, the Temple uh, of Jerusalem in uh, 70 CE. Today, Tebe says, Jewish memories of Edom have mostly faded away, at least outside of Orthodox enclaves. But the tradition of a defeated society casting blame on foreigners is alive and well, as Jews know all too well. The most famous example of the scapegoating ideas and the stuff in the back midst is the war period of Germany, in which, in which a lot of Germans really believed that actually uh, the cause of the loss of the uh, World War One was because some kind of like conspiracy of Jews, of communists and socialists and so on. This says a lot about our modern society and how people always tend to take the uh, shortest route for like trying to explain like historical events. That does it for this episode of Frankly Judaic, a production of the Gene and Samuel Frankel Center for Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan. The executive producer of Frankly Judaic is Jeffrey Weidlinger, the director of the Frankel Center. We'd love to know what you thought about this episode, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us some comments. Thanks for listening.